Hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast. Our guest today is Drew Goddard from Carnival. You can catch Carnival headlining the main stage at the State of the Art Festival this Monday, the 5th of June. And shout out to Wham who are working hard on the Soda Festival at the moment. I've actually driven past it and it looks fucking awesome. It's going to be such a great day. To remind you, you can download all our episodes at missionctrl.com.au. Thanks to the Henhouse Rehearsal Studios and the Hip Flask app. Strap yourselves in. <laughs> Drew Goddard is here. How you doing, brother? I'm good, bro. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm strapped right. in. Yeah, strapped <laughs> in. Ready to feel the G's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm alive. Johnny's I'm alive. alive. I survived last night. Should what happened help? last night? Uh, <laughs> that's the last time I get high and watch a documentary on quantum mechanics. <laughs> 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 and I bet it won't. Quantum be the last entanglement, time. actually, to be exact. Like that's just bizarre shit. Yeah. Old Einstein's... Spooky action at a distance. Spooky action at a distance, yeah. But he didn't believe his own theory. Like, he walked away from it and said, no, that can't be true. It turned out he was right. Huh. Because I guess that's probably where it contradicted his his thing about nothing going faster than the speed of light, you know, if you think it's simultaneous, you know, connection. Mm. I just like that spooky action at a distance. That's just the dumbest, best name for anything. (laughs) (laughs) What were you on? Explain oh, what you want. Um, just, just so that people know that you, you went a, a mole, or mole muffin. A mole muffin, okay. Mole muffin, yes. Yeah, those ones can steal your soul. <laughs> yeah. I've got this one just staring at me at the moment. <laughs> eat me. <laughs> Man, yeah, eat, yeah, that's dangerous. I think uh, I was caught driving when it hit once, so I pretty much had to pull over, uh, unbuckle my seatbelt, click the seat back, and just... Yeah. I was just... Pretty much not present for about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then I came to, and I was fine. I just had something to eat and I was fine. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend eating it and then trying to uh, drive a... No, when, when, I, when I lay down, I started like visualizing my body on the subatomic level. Just like yeah. looking at like every single particle inside my body and ended up having a panic attack, just like freaking out. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. I've, well, like I was saying, I've had one of them before. That's the... I've, uh, you underestimate the the edible kind, you know, like because I don't do it very often. I, I smoke on a regular basis, but um, yeah, I had one in a very public place in the at the big day out when when Carnival uh, did the national one year. <laughs> that one, yeah, I kind of expected it to be there because we'd done one before, and then this one just shattered me, and I just had to get on my own. Yeah, it and broke just you. ride it out. Yeah, it did, <laughs> but it was good. I just woke up the next day, I, like ended up just having a little, bit of a party on my own, just with some music in the room, and ate some food, and then just passed out. I had like twelve hours sleep, and then woke up, had a swim, some breakfast. You know, I wasn't rushing to met all the you know hungover bandmates in the in the lobby, and I'm like. Hey, well <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah we were saying like you can actually like the next day you can wake up feeling so much better and like revitalized like we we're saying like it's the shock it's to really the system re- refreshing in you a get way that sort of thing, yeah yeah because they've done studies about blood sugar level and being high and things like that some people even recommend it before a workout or before strenuous physical activity because well one it, it puts you in a state where Nothing is really mundane. Mm. Everything is kind of new, even though you're doing the same repetitive movement like a push-up or a pull-up or whatever, but you can really micro-analyze yeah. every muscle contracting and, and every mm. bit of sweat dropping off your chin. Like You feel everything ten in, times in more. In the mechanics so of, of... Yeah. yeah. 
That's um, interesting. I do think it affects everyone kind of differently, I, I think. But I actually had a, <laughs> a few weeks ago. I've been playing basketball, not so not so much recently. But I think you know the importance of physical exercise is something that I'm constantly reminding myself is is good, especially if I get too much in my own head. You know, it's like right, just use your body, and then it sort of wakens things again and gets you you know back in your body sometimes if you need to do that which i do because mm. life yeah. um, but i uh ended up completely forgetting that i said i was going to play basketball and just sat down for the night as me and my partner do and just smoked a massive reefer and then i'm like getting a phone call and a knock at the door is like my mate is like bro we got to get the basketball where he's picking me up and i'm like oh fuck and Caitlin was like, oh, fuck. So she's helping me getting my basketball stuff, just fumbling around trying to get, you know, just so wasted. <laughs> I got, got down to basketball. I think we're um, one player short. It was one of those four-player, you know, just running constantly. And it took me about four or five minutes to switch on. I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? Like, but I got there and I'm just told everyone, I'm like, guys, I'm so wasted, like, Forgive me, you know, I was just so rich immediately. <laughs> <laughs> laugh and, and then I ended up playing the best game of my life. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and then I tried it again next week and I played a terrible one. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. yeah. but, but something happened, you know, after five minutes it kicked in and it's like all the peripherals became like, you know, um, I don't know, it just it got out rid of the, the background noise, you know, and I was mm. just kind of like... Yeah, there's a, there's a tunnel vision that kind of happens and I think... Um, uh, my resistance anyway starts to lower, so I, I'm like I'm kind of more in the moment. I think at the peak of it, um, but it's interesting they've done studies about that's kind of why you get the munchies is because your metabolism spikes when hmm. you're high. All the engines are pumping, your heart's pumping. Um, you know, physically you're exhausted in a way, um, which is really cool. I think you've described it as a anxiety vaccine. Mm. Which is really accurate. Like it, it, yeah. it helps you with your day to day anxiety by yeah. giving you fear. Until if you're in a social situation, you have to go. Hang on, no one actually cares. Like <laughs> you know, like it, it gives you that. That you know, the, I guess it, you confront your ego. I think as well. You know, because you're like you're in that social situation, and you're the voice in your head, or it sort of feels like you're observing sometimes, and you're just like. Oh God! What you know? And then you just have to go. No, no, no one actually cares. It's cool. Just and then you like, and then they usually find uh, slowly but surely it kind of helped me combat that. You know, I was I was less socially anxious in a weird way. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because I, I man, the thoughts that used to run through my head in my teens when I smoked a really heavy weed, like, oh, there must be something in this. What if I'm poisoned? What if mm. you know, I'm going to die? Yeah, I'm going to die. I'm not, not going to make it out of this. Said many people like while staying, especially yeah. on edibles, and then realised it was very untrue. Yeah, but then <laughs> there, there's this like refreshing moment when you come out of it, where it's like everything is just twice as beautiful, twice as easy. Like the 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 day to day conflict, you realise you put it in perspective, and you realise none of this shit matters. Yeah, none of this shit matters. Like. We're all believing in illusions about ourselves and our limitations, and sometimes I get really high, and, and those voices will come back, like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> you're not good enough. Like, why are you doing that? Like, you're going to die old and lonely and with no money. Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Start, get a real job. Like, all these voices, like, run through my head when I'm high, and then, but I let those voices come in 
and mm. then eventually it's like exercising a demon almost. Then, then yeah. they, I, I release them and they don't affect me anymore when I come out of that high, which is weird. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think the best thing about about weed is that it's honest because it's like you know it's not something like you know cocaine. And I've tried a lot of things. It's just you for a moment you feel invincible, and then you're like, uh, no, and it's just so. It's a liar, you know. Like mm. unless you maybe get pure cocaine, but it's probably all the shit. Oh, that's, that's really hard to come by, though. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's not having any sort of real, like, physical long-term effect. Yeah. On the body, no. In a way. I think you know, it, like weed. If you you feel vulnerable, but it's there's a there's a motherly element, you know, where all, or almost like a it's like an almost a, a nurse just going, sorry, sorry, you know, like or. Mm. Well, it can be a you know hard teacher, but you just whatever happens, you know, it's like coming from an honest place. Or if there's something not right with your body, then it'll amplify that, and it'll be like, oh, oh, prod, prod, you've got to do this. I'm like, not now, weed. I'm trying to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've had that. I've had um, minor ailments, like let's say a like kind of sprain an ankle or something, or if I punch the bag too hard and I kind of twist my wrist, um, and then when I get high, it accentuates that pain in that area um, in a weird way, kind of like it knows areas of your body that, that are damaged and it's going to heighten that. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at it as a, like, you know when you run a compressor over a file, <laughs> uh, a waveform? So little things are now elevated now, yeah. and really harsh pains are now yeah. dulled. Yeah. So it's compressing this, the input signal hmm. of, of the reality that you're in. Yeah. That's, that's what I always see it as a compressor yeah. for, for, um, for yeah, reality. Yeah. Which or a limiter or a compressor, you know? Yeah, a limiter or a compressor, yeah, yeah, true. I'm terrible with sound production. But, <laughs> no, but it yeah. could be either, you know? It's probably yeah. different. But yeah, yeah we, we had, why do we always gravitate towards weed when we talk? Well, it just, it just happened. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, even, even um, running into someone. Yeah. You know, sort of like one of those nights where you know things just sort of happen at the right time. The synchronicity, synchronicity that, of it, yeah, that, that, that can happen. Yeah, mm. um, it's weird when you start paying attention to synchronous events in your life. Like you can really see this tapestry being woven. Yeah, the lattice. Yeah, well, it's like yeah. like um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it was yesterday after the last podcast we did, we went to the Flying Scotsman, mm. and we we're walking past RTRFM. Yeah, and we we're just talking, and we would actually. I mentioned Tristan Fiddler, who was on the podcast earlier, and um, about how he worked at RTR building. We went to the corner, Guzman Gomez, Mexico on the corner, and Tristan comes around the corner. Mm. Hmm. And then we're talking about an office, and then there, there is an office for lease above. Yeah, books, you know, we'll, we'll keep which, that on the... Which looks really nice. The DL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish I could afford an office, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I just want a decent, decent stationary section, you know. <laughs> it's well kept. Are you, are you a big stationary guy, or...? Oh. I kind of I was I was that you know the kid at the start of school would be like all right I'm going to be very organised you know I've got everything my new file and then you know next minute banana smushed into the bottom of my file you know (laughs) pencils broken (laughs) shit lost I'm the same man I I always have these awesome ideas of you know new innovative ways to do this and that and then I can maybe maintain it for about a week and (laughs) office works is a playground to me. Oh, I yeah. love going office works and just yeah. So you know, some people go to Bunnings or some people you know. I go to office works. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just need to. <laughs> I need to highlight that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I always walk out of office works with things I don't need, mm. like 
a burger USB drive. <laughs> like, you know, things things that no one needs, but I just end up fucking buying it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So how have you been, man? Like, I've uh, it's been, what, two years since I talked to you last? Well, on the on podcast, podcast anyway. we, yeah. we, We've seen each other. We've definitely between, then. hung out in the meantime. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was about, I think it was a bit longer than that. but Maybe even three or four years now. Yeah. Jesus. I can't oh, keep track so, of it. So many... Uh, so many rabbit holes, connecting rabbit holes explored since then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, and some, you know, similar ground and then some just none of that. It was all balanced, you know, sitting down and doing something. Yeah. So you've, you've been staying that. pretty busy, though. You've been yeah. quite musical. You, you've, are you playing in, other than Carnival, do you have some side things going on? Or? Um, there's, a, there's a few things. Um, I just did the uh, the, the Soundgarden um, record club last night, which was awesome for Super Unknown. Um, it was myself and Hoss and John from Carnival and uh, friend Steve on the drums. That was cool to get me uh, out of my own head in the, the Carnival world, which I tend to overthink and um, you know chase my own tail sometimes. And I was kind of finding that a little bit. And then even just when I started focusing on something else and playing in a weird like drop D and standard tuning, weird stuff like that. And learning one of my favourite records, you know, that was awesome. Just uh, like I've told you before, I think I just got up straight after the gig last night and just played guitar for three hours, and that never happens. So, <laughs> and I'm just yeah. But the uh, there's also a couple of things. Is um, I've got a another little side project with Dan from Gyroscope and John, bass player of Carnival, called Herd of Cows with a question mark. A um, few things. Um, I'm doing a bunch of sort of mentoring which in turn means I you know I learn myself by teaching you know that's kind of teaching guitar uh well yeah a little bit but not so much that I'm more focusing on the you know like composition and um this is with some people I'm, I'm working with here in Perth and um you know just the creative side I guess more the the, the left brain side and, and getting your right brain involved to you know get your ideas down and toggling between the two but also there's a bit of stuff out in, in the northern gold fields. I'm going there a little bit. Um, yeah, um, a few things. I, I try to have, a, you know, still a, a few plates spinning, but but enough that I can manage now that, and keep them spinning well, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to biting off too much. I'm getting a little better with that these days. But, um, without, you know. Do you feel like you, you want to do more things? Because I, I always feel like I should be doing more and then I kind of screw myself because I take on too much and then yeah. I can't deliver on any of <laughs> You know what I mean? That becomes like a a real kind of trip over my own feet a lot. Yeah, yeah with things that I want to do. Like, I feel like I should have kept doing this because there was a, about a year break of doing this and I kind of punch myself now. Like, what, why did it take so long? Because to- it's always harder than you, you, you know, you think it's harder than it actually is, yeah. Yeah, but I, th- I think, like, you it. need that time to just live and to have experiences and then gives you the opportunity to like reassess as well and you know you take a break from what you're doing well you've got to grow as a person you've got to make make mistakes you've got to you got to actually just experience life and then it's kind of like when um, you when you know you're going to go back to it you say you say well if you've done it before what can you do better and all stuff just so next time you do it you're a bit more focused on what you're doing yeah Yeah. but i look at things especially with you know playing in bands as well you know take a break from something and you get back into it you know while you've done it before how can you do it better the next time? 
exactly yeah, yeah. it's never a never-ending process of refining life and trying to <laughs> trying to maintain a but it's funny that you bring up the the body and exercise thing because that's something that is also is brought up that's, that's, that's quite been a, lot, a trend you know. now it's been trend a trend the, um, I don't know because I'm pushing it but a lot of people now are quite conscious about their physical vehicle in this earth yeah. plane um, <laughs> just trying to be at, at the optimal uh, functioning potential so that you're able to do your craft a bit better uh, like deliver your craft a bit better yeah um, but I think you, you get to that point as well I mean especially when you're younger growing up you know you're not thinking about all that sort of stuff no nah. just sitting you know careless just let it all go but then you get sort of get to that point where you do sort of you know realise oh you need to start taking care of your body the older you get and yeah, but also like I don't want to ha- I don't want to be in the in the GP's office and they're telling me what I have, and I, and, and to to have that feeling like I could have I could have prevented this ten years ago. Yeah. By do, just do you get scared about going like to a doctor? Like if you think oh, I have to go see a doctor, like you no. worried about it or no, do you no. embrace going to see doctors? No, I like well I well I think my opinion opinion of GPs isn't very high, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I find it, it's almost like um, taking your car for a service. You know, you've got one thing wrong, but if you take it to a professional, they'll find more stuff that's wrong. Mm, yeah, so I yeah. take the same approach when I go to a doctor. Like, oh, I know there's something wrong, well, but I don't want them yeah. to identify the rest of the stuff that's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but I think like a good, um, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm with you on the GP thing, even though it's like it's just one lens, you know, but it's a very blurry old school hard to change lens but yeah. still it's a you know I, I still go and see western GPs and you know there's maybe one I trust <laughs> you know um, and then uh, it's but I just know you know you know you just know what to do but sometimes you just like a good GP should sit there like a good psych and you know say it's it, they don't have to tell you anything or like a mentor that's what I'm sort of figuring out when with guitar stuff I don't I can't tell them what to do but I have to you know it's all them you know um, but you just kind of you know let back and let them just you know come to their own conclusions because that's the only way you ever learn is for you to you know figure out yourself mm. well that that was one of the big turning points for me uh, was going to the doctor kind of in year 11 and 12 for anxiety immediately off the bat Within five minutes, she, without even ask, she probably asked me like two or three questions. Um, did you suffer anything traumatic? Did anything happen? I'm like, no, I just have this constant level of anxiety and fight or flight in, in moments that don't require fight or flight. Like just day-to-day life, I'll get these panic attacks. And immediately she gave me an antidepressant um, mm. without really looking at any of my history or... Um, things like that um, but I got the script but I never took the meds I've been on antidepressants a couple of times mm. I think when I got to age 19 I just got hit with this wave of yeah I don't know it was that was a bad year you know and I had no reason to be depressed you know I was like reminding myself but I was just this thick cloud that I just couldn't see past you know and I went on like really strong ones I think they were 150 mil um, you know I, f- I felt weird about doing it you know but then they actually helped me um even though it's something that i've i've got off now and it was it was hard there was some yeah nasty 
withdrawals and stuff when I came off that. And then, you know, so I was cool for a little bit and then it just sort of came back, like, you know, later, like this wave. All right, now it's back. And then I spent probably about four or five years on it, um, probably, you know, a lower milligram. But I find, and you know, you mentioned the word placebo earlier as well, that just the, the point in which you go, I need to do something, you know, can have an effect in itself. Um, and whether it's a pill like that. And I'd, my advice is to, you know, don't write them off because I know there's a f- it, it definitely pulled me out. It was a, it was a Western, um, you know, treat the symptom, um, not the root cause, but sometimes, like, you know, you just take help when you can get it if you need it, you know. Um, but it's now, you know, knowing what I know, that I know there's better ways and, and it's treating the, you know, the root causes of it and doing those little things along the way. Like the best antidepressant there is, like, is exercise and meditation and all the stuff that you know you, you should be doing, you know, eating well. And a, a mole muffin. Yeah. <laughs> With a well, that, You know, and sometimes that, that, that does work. It's like weed's like a defrag, you know, like on a computer where I'm just like... And, you know, I've got to be in the right place to do it like that. If, if you treat it more in a sacrament, sacramental way, you know, mm. like mushrooms and all that sort of stuff, then we know MDMA, you know, it's, it's they used to be used for post-traumatic stress, you know, mm. and we need to um, decriminalise all drugs, all of them, I reckon, you know, get them out of the black market into the, well, like even into like the light. hard... Yeah, just well. yeah, get them like decriminalise them. Just get them out because otherwise it's just going to be sold on the black market where we can't monitor it. There's this taboo associated with it. You find all of these ex cops talking about this now, and they're just like, it's just absolutely insane. This war on drugs thing, to where and if you look at places like Amsterdam, you know they they didn't legalise it; they decriminalised it. You know. Mm. Just getting into yeah, they're, they're, they're removing the, the criminal element and the, the taboo equation. part. You know, it's just like they remember we were there one time and they said if you are buying cocaine, not like you know, pretend it doesn't happen, which is a red light district in itself. You know, with families are walking through, like, look at those, aren't they fantastic? You know, like, <laughs> it's a bit weird. Yeah. Not that I'd do that, but at least it's like it's just. You know, like the sh- the shadow element is out of the open, you know, and it's just kind of like this, it doesn't leave much to the imagination. But this is our society at the moment. We know there's a, that this this under you know lying kind of um, stuff that if you peel back the surface, we all know is going on. You know, so it's like I, I think that's an important part. Sorry, back to the thing that was posted up. They just said if you're buying cocaine, make sure. Um, you know, it, it might be heroin. So it's just a basically they're going, well, this is out here. It's actually illegal, but we should probably put that out um, just to tell people, you know. Well, but, it's um, being real about it. It's so being real, it, yeah. You're going to be buying it. People are going to be buying it, and we're just giving you a heads up that but it no, might I not just, be what you think it is. I want to go, because you were saying, you know, decriminalise all drugs. How would you make the comparison of marijuana to, say, ice or something like that? Because if, if you decriminalise it, it's going to get it out of... Basically, now it's in the hands of wannabe chemists probably watched a few Breaking Bad episodes and went, I can do that. Um, you know, and then like... <laughs> so, you know, at least it was better while it was in the hands of the bikies and the cops, you know? Like, it's it's just gotten worse now. There's no way to monitor it. Uh, yeah, Not that like that was good in thinking itself. Thinking back but to the... Was it the Sydney Big Day Out 
It was, it was Perth or Sydney where that girl died from taking all those drugs because the cops were hounding everyone. So she decided, like, you know, I'd drop all these pills or something to just get in rather than avoid getting That's caught or something like That's that. Just, mm. by, by lifting a taboo, I think, is something where it, you know, it, it takes that, you know, it's just out in the open and, and there's no, it has less control over you. And over us as a society, I think, is the main... Because we know it's a problem. We know drug addiction. Now, that's why, like a, someone like Russell Brand, I listen to him when he talks about addiction. You know, because it's like he knows, and it, he knows because he's been there, um, and he's got his shit together now. And um, you know, that no one can come back at him because they're like they don't know what it's. You know. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've, I've, I've got an addictive personality. I've, I, draw, I can draw a line in the sand and I know when I'm, you know, I've gone too far. Luckily, you know, I've never got to that point where I mm. feel completely desperate and just, you know, on anything. But it's not a very nice place to be. So, But we know a lot of our populations here. But why are they there? What are we doing as a society that makes them want to do that? So it, <laughs> it makes it better if you can go from hiding out in the back alley to being in a safe environment to do whatever drugs. Mm, yeah. It does make it like a, a bit more, I suppose it's safe because someone will make their, hopefully make their own decisions as to what their own limits are and you know, right, yeah, rather than being sort of hidden and you know, like stuff like this, talk, stuff talking about it. about it, you know, like just being, being open about it, I think because, um, and, and having said that, the pot thing can go, that can go sour. I think, um, Graham Hancock did put out a really good thing where he was a lifetime smoker of weed and he still, you know, he, it's kind of like, any, you know, you've, you've got to show respect and it'll show you respect back and I, I think he called it the Green Witch. If you look up Graham Hancock, Google that. Graham so, um, Hancock, Green Witch, that's, yeah, that's yeah. another perspective that he had on it that, and he still loves the thing but he doesn't smoke it anymore, yeah, yeah. you know. And so um, Graham Hancock is the author of... Uh Fingerprints of the Gods, I think, is one of his big books. Um, but he's a very... I think he's done DMT and stuff before, but he, he's very much a... comes from that uh, school of thought of, um, you know, the, the spirit molecule and, and things like that um, with DMT. But, yeah, he was a, a daily weed smoker, and then he gave it up because it became... Well, he he started feeling like it was a crutch, yeah. I think. Um, and, and the... Um, you know, it got to the bit where he started you know seeing his partner as a you know the the, the paranoia part you know where he, he was you know that you know i don't know if there was anything else involved but i think it can trigger some psychological effects that if you're prone to it can you know but uh yeah all, everything in moderation including moderation like i just enjoy weed too much to <laughs> get to the point where i'm like you know where it has it's actually done the opposite with my creativity before i'm like oh, okay mm. It's good. It's good for um, you know, the right time. And I'm like, cool. I've got nothing to do. But then you're like, oh, I'm going to sit down and write a song. Uh, nah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Can't be fucked. I'll just eat food yeah, instead. Fuck that. <laughs> it's funny you talk about you know seeing sort of seeing people as other things. There's an article I actually read the other day. I got it up now. Um, art dealer accused of killing friend with a candlestick after hallucinating his friend was a green alien. <laughs> Was he on yeah. anything? I, he was on, I can't remember what he was on, but yeah, apparently, so he thought his friend was a green alien, so he killed him with a candlestick. How the fuck do you kill... Oh, with the the metal thing. Yeah, yeah. The candle hole. Oh, I, was, I was just picturing a wax it. thing, hey? Yeah. I was like... <laughs> Slowly but, burning him to death with a candle. Yeah, or just <laughs> smushing him, so that's like a very... Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's right. interesting that you, you bring up that whole... 
addiction thing because I, I do think that I know a lot of people that have dabbled in highly addictive drugs like amphetamines speed stuff like that but because of their background if they had a good support structure they never got addicted to that yeah I, f- I find like they were able to pull themselves out there there was a there was a limit that they hit where they were like all right well i'm gonna stop doing that and then they were fine but then you see other people that just keep going down that road and they can't dig themselves out of that hole and then i really do think there's a correlation to just internal trauma and having an addictive personality i think they're very much intertwined mm. and yeah it's weird you, you see people with the right upbringing and good leadership they're able to pull themselves out but mm. people that maybe financially they're in a hole um environmentally they don't have a support structure those are the people that will perpetually just yeah and remain it's, addicted which but is it's so also that you know that maybe the shame of mm. you know they just can't can't admit it but if we're in a society that put puts ben cousins on the front page like look how bad this is you know like fuck off leave him alone like mm. It's just making it worse, so you know. Sorry for Ben Cousins. Me, me too, like, because he's just a, like, where do you go after you clock football? You know, like, um, you know, it's, and everyone's like, oh, he just doesn't help himself. But then, like, we just chuck that shit, you know, because there's nothing better to put on the front page. Like, look at him, look how fucked he is. Mm. You know, we we know musos do that, but it's just like, and you know, I, I think where sports people are no more entertainers than than musicians are except that you know people find that music it's acceptable for musicians to do because we you know they just you know and then people want to live out their fantasies vicariously through rock stars who fucking then just kill themselves and then oh well that's just what we want our rock stars dead you know like and then sports players don't take drugs look at him fucking hell just yeah yeah, yeah I'll, idiotic I'll take front cover any day would you really (laughs) yeah but definitely I think Russell Brand like you said he I listen to him when it comes to his stance on drugs because it comes from a perspective of experience and he's not just some politician saying drugs are bad or drugs are this and that it's it's a person that's gone through the hell of addiction and he realizes now how it should be there should be no criminal or police intervention in something that is inherently a health issue um, or a mental issue Mm. Um, and that's how it should be treated it it doesn't how do you rehabilitate someone by throwing them in a cage Mm. when they're sick from the inside out Mm. I mean that's what I see addiction that can be a a sickness Mm. like uh, you go back down on the subatomic level where you think about how how the brain's actually working with how the, the the neurons and stuff firing and how they say you can like um, rewire your brain as well so essentially when you look at say addictions or stuff what's really happening is the brain is being told different things you find that as well and so that'd be a way to actually you know look in the actual neuro sense of it to be receiving triggers like Mm. Mm. key inputs as you call them and side chaining compressing all that (laughs) (laughs) bell or like dopamine man that's a big one you know coffee Mm. cigarettes it's all latches onto your dopamine reception, uh, re- receptors and it, that kind of um, that reward system in your mm. brain that kind of taps into that, just like a video game that unconscious <laughs> thing part that it was like you need this okay I need that you know yeah. you can, like those, those games like Candy Crush and stuff the, the instant satisfaction 
Yeah. Where you've done something, oh, reward, done something, reward, and it just becomes like a repetitive cycle. I've got a few yeah, likes on my Facebook post. There's a little dopamine <laughs> rush. <laughs> mm. But it's, it's amazing how uh, easily manipulated the human mind is. We are essentially a very herd-like animal. Yeah, but we don't we don't need any all-encompassing conspiracy. You know, we do a fine job keeping each other in line as it is. You know, yeah. we don't need a shepherd <laughs> to, to do that. We need a shepherd. You know, maybe sometimes to you know help. You know, we call them mentors or, or leaders, proper leaders. You know, which we don't have in our current system or the ones that we do. But we're just not paying attention. We're just getting distracted by a circus while the real people are gently, without saying anything, just waiting patiently, going like putting it out there. Mm. You yeah. know? It's amazing when you when you say like all these politicians and leaders when they do their speeches, it's essentially it has a rhythm and a tone and a temper to it, and it's like it basically is mind control when you look at a lot of these president's speeches. They're mm. not really saying anything of value they're kind of saying this rhetoric mm. pumping out these apl- applause breaks where they just say things that that appeal to you emotionally but doesn't really have a real tangible worth to it like the, the yeah. and all that stuff you yeah know. the triv the trivium i don't know if you're the seven liberal arts the quadrivium and, and the trivium it's an interesting um what's that well the trivium okay that's um under the quadrivium at quadrivium we have um it's basically where space or cosmology, geometry, numbers, uh, and music collide. Um, the trivium is rhetoric, grammar, logic. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a certain rhythm that you can find within your rhetoric, a certain swagger, and you know, like fucking swing that Barack Obama had and everyone's like oh mesmerized they're yeah. hypnotized dreaminess yeah they're yeah. hypnotized by these people I think oh, man yeah I'm see a, like I'm I think like if you took a group of people and dropped them on an island like, I'm thinking about what's that book um, Lord of the Flies Lord of the Flies where the, the, everyone's stuck on the island and stuff mm-hmm. but essentially like, if you took a group of people and just sat them on an island eventually they'll work out their own system you know, people will find their strengths, find their weaknesses. Some people become providers. Some people become carers. You know, that don't need that sort of one person telling them all what to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, like essentially, there does become one person that sort of becomes like a sort of a leader or a protector of the group. But yeah. essentially, everyone gets corrupted. Let's form a union. Of three people <laughs> take him down. Let's get all ice land on him. What about taxes? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you mean. Like, like the community tends to develop naturally. Yeah, exactly. Like an yeah. organism almost. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I can give this guy a promissory note for that coconut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, genius idea. Uh, and fines. Let's yeah. enforce some fines. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, because I just, um, one of my old bosses used to talk a lot about a barter system and about how rather than using actual money, like... You're trading goods for actual services. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's got milk and someone's got an apple. You know, I just yeah. Like but then you times that times seven billion people, and there's obviously probably going to be, I don't know, I don't know if that's too idealistic to think that we can. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's good, like you look at it as it being that'd be a nice way for a system to work. Well, like, there's accountability everyone, there. If no, you have to have everyone on board. 
yeah. to really benefit from it. Yeah. I mean, the, India's got some interesting ways of, you know, and every, every country has got their own problems, you know. Like, no, no country is perfect. Like, no human is perfect. Um, but there, there's some things I learned in India about the way they operate as... Um, a group of individuals you know there's things I really dislike and there's things I love you know um, which is India to a T you know it's just it's all, the whole spectrum of shocking and, and, and then amazing just awe inspiring but you just know it's going to be it's not going to be boring <laughs> but um, cause, you know the caste system there you know there's just and the sheer amount of people it's like a bunch of overlapping kind of parallel universes that are coexisting like sharing space but they don't interact at all um, you know although if they do then it's there's this dissonance there's a oh, pardon me it's like a you know just boom, like a yeah. you know it's like two pieces of matter just repelling each other almost <laughs> but um but then there's like you know so many there's, all right, there's so many people here, but everyone needs a job. Everyone needs to feel like they have a you know a part to play, and everyone does. Um, um, you know, so we're like, well, let's get that guy. Just you know, there's three people at the checkout for or something that one person would do. You know, and it's a different way of doing things. It doesn't make it wrong or right. It just is the way they do things. There's a and like a morale building exercise I saw that was so amazing. Um, Luke, our sound guy, was uh, he's watching these guys just trying to get you know get something in a car, and he's like, "All right, I need to help you guys." They, they spoke Hindi, and and Luke and I didn't, you know, but they Luke's packed a few trucks. He's packed a few trucks in his time, <laughs> and he was like, "All right, I can bloody help out here," you know, like full Aussie style. And then there's underneath, and they kind of went, "No, we, we we got this." So they started singing a song together to get this this crate of this massively heavy thing up onto a truck just to build each other the spirit up you know between the the, the party and then they did it you know and Luke kind of got in on it and just like uh, trying to whatever songs yeah I'm just singing stuff <laughs> and like you know but and then they all just getting everyone in tune so they're doing the same yeah just to you know time, build a little bit of a alright we can do this come on <laughs> you know yeah this cooperation and um in a sea of of apparently chaos you know but i'm like hang on is this chaos it's very organized and i feel you know there's no rules on this road there's no red lights there's no you know people just there's two rules just go and try not to be a dickhead it seems (laughs) maybe three and then beep before when you when you when you come up behind someone to let them know you're there but you just go if there's a space go Mm. And if you do things like that in Australia, someone would just, you know, call you a bloody galah. <laughs> Probably throw their fucking, you know, stubbed out Winnie Red at your face and want to punch <laughs> you, you know? That's fun, but it, like a weird equilibrium develops. Yeah. That. You see that in China, but man, there is some horrendous traffic. There's some horrendous traffic oh, yeah. in China, man, and people getting run over. And I think um, there was that horrible one of that infant uh, child girl getting run over and everyone walks past her yeah there's a lot of that in india but but i I think i i know why that i think i know why that happens i think when you have where a certain level of population density humans aren't supposed to experience that level of density Mm. where people are literally on top of each other so then the care for for human life starts to go down because there's just simply too Nor- normalized there's another yeah. t- term you know this um, weird apathy develops where like people were looking at this kid that was run over and went 
I literally don't have time for this. I mm. need to get to work. I, I read an article, and I'm not sure how true it is, but somewhere, I think it's in Hong Kong or somewhere in China, that if you hit someone, you have to pay for like half their medical bills on yourself. But if you accidentally kill someone, you just have to pay a fine. So what they were saying, that some people, if they actually accidentally hit them on the road, they'll back up and actually make sure they're dead so they don't have to pay as much. Mm-hmm. That's really like the. That the, sounds the, like a real good rule. That one, <laughs> fucking hell. The the fucking the the crumbling of society when mm. too many people are packed into one area. Mm. Um, but then, how do you solve that? Do you, like, like, do that you, like, like the way that? And I was like, kind of hate trying to like look at other countries and what their problems are because you know we're we're here in Australia where the way that we do things is completely different to the way other people do things. So we can't sort of sit there and compare. What we the way that we live to the way they live. Yeah, I should say I was going to say before that you know this is me coming from a Western angle and with my Western lens going to to a place where I think the East and West meets more than anywhere in in, um, in India. But um, yeah, we're so green around the ears here. Like we just think we know stuff, but we really we're like, what's the rest of the world doing? <laughs> yeah. As Steve Hughes says. So yeah, can we join in? No. <laughs> yeah yeah but with it you know I'd see this you know when I'd leave Australia and I, you know, I think there's so much that just annoys me but I leave and then I'm like oh no I can't stay angry at you you know there's some there's awesome and uh, everywhere I go you know even though we're locking up people in an island and, and you know massive human rights abuses that we're still that lovable slightly daft larrikin you know down mm-hmm. down below <laughs> Oh, it's just a oh, crazy I, Aussies. I would say it's like, you know, the, the rest of the world having a big battle up top and we're just down here chilling out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice punishment, you know, for the uh, petty criminals. <laughs> petty criminals. I think we were the, the useful idiots to the, or the useful criminals. We're like, oh, these guys, we can yeah, send them down to that new land down there and that belongs to us already, you know? <laughs> the monarch. Yeah. <laughs> and they could put them to work. <laughs> Let's build a colony. Learn how to surf, cunts. What? Sorry. <laughs> it, it is scary, man. When, when you see uh, people that lose that empathy for other humans because of their environment, it, it's a really shocking thing to see. Um, especially, it's really big, obviously, in China and Asia. That whole disregard for human life, like mm. they've kind of internally given up. You know. Uh, in a way but then you see moments of sheer like beautiful unconditional love at the same time Mm. um, that kind of peek out of these other dark moments Mm. um, of there's something about China I haven't been there but I just see like a a whole massive field full of men doing Tai Chi and I'm just like whoa that's (laughs) awesome like you know China have got this like just this quiet like mm, mm, yeah no yeah. Just, we're just we're just doing stuff we're just doing stuff quietly you know, taking over being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quietly taking over much rather the Chinese than the Americans at the moment <laughs> um, uh, it's all under the Vatican anyway still kind of <laughs> it's interesting that, like uh, if, if like the amount of people that uh, learn so many different languages here Spanish this and that but very rarely do I find people learning Chinese and yet that's our closest neighbour, mm. and probably like the next. Well, they are a superpower essentially, but yeah. they're probably going to be one of the final standing superpowers. Mm. Maybe. Well, that was one of the cool things that Kevin Rudd. You know, even it was bloody git, but you know, he's like, 
cool, you know, we've got a Prime Minister that speaks Mandarin, like that's someone you can go when he goes over and you're like, yeah, that's, you know. And really well. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Like uh, his accent was just perfect. Yeah. And even, you know, like thinking back on the sorry thing, you know, that was that was important. A lot of people think of, of you know, both black and white people think it was token and, you know, the, the action wasn't there afterwards, which I agree. Still, you know, so far to go. But even then it was just like an acupuncture point. There's a release, you know, of this like, oh, okay, we can, you know, it's just acknowledgement. Yeah, it's like making, making that gesture. Yeah, I know, but, the, you know, we all know there's a, there's a gesture. It's just the start, you know. It's just like, um, but anyway, yeah. Mm. Huh? Kevin, I'm just trying to wonder, what's Kevin Rudd doing now? What's he, is he still... Stuck in 07 because it rhymes with his name. <laughs> he's, he's, he's on another quantum universe where yeah. it's always 2007. He's been quantized like <laughs> like all politicians. He's the one got he got shafted by Gillard. Was it? I don't know if, if he was shafted. Um, I didn't follow that. I, I just remember the uproar that Gillard was. Yeah, yeah I remember that time we had like three prime ministers in the span of like, mm. five months or something like that. Just yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. But my sister actually stood next to Tony Abbott in London, of all places, in the museum. He was literally just hanging out. No entourage, no nothing. And I remember someone saying, like, like um, What the fuck? Tony <laughs> Abbott's next to me. And he, was, he, had no, he, was, he wasn't hanging out with anyone. It was just him, like, just looking at, looking at art. <laughs> just alone. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that weird? So I spoke to someone who, like, you know, just, you know loathes his actions as much as I do and they were like a surfer and they're out you know and he's just you know just wanted to just hate him you know like I do but then they were like oh man this sucks he's actually a bit of a lad you know he's just catching him over and how we go boys <laughs> just sort of bringing the morale up and I'm like oh that sucks <laughs> damn it I want to hate him but I can't <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if they were all really just awesome dudes to hang with mm. wouldn't that just be the, like the, the polar opposite of what you what we've all been I was going to ask like was, <laughs> was he prime minister before or after or during when Oh, after, after. No, no. So he, he had already been. Ah, oh. yeah. So, so kind been of like gone. So. Yeah. So yeah. he's like he's in. No one knows who he is. Well, yeah. He, he was. He was a prime done. minister of Australia, and just now no one knows. Well, him. Yeah, he was just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he, he was a Jesuit schoolboy. You know, all the <laughs> private schoolboys just coming up and yeah. um, silver spooning, and then you know, like hijacking a word like liberal how dare you fucking use that word like you know liberal to who your rich mates like and then even conservative like we gotta like redefine these words because they've all been hijacked you know yeah. or they haven't they, we just you know we think they mean something so what, what do you want to conserve you know cons- yeah. like to conserve energy or values to, man the yeah. traditional yeah. Values. but then like according to who you yeah. know? they just become a, a marketing tool Oh, that's, yeah. that's the name. Yeah. You know, what can we use to sell it? But also, like the liberal here doesn't actually mean liberal. Well, it, do, it does to them because they, that's all they know to their rich friends. They've been so liberal, but they have no idea how destructive their actions are. You know, yeah. like. But they're just so out of touch. They're just out of touch with um, you know. And then there's a, f- a few odd occasions, you know, like someone like Scott Ludlam. I'm just so lucky that we've got a guy like that in the Shark Tank. You know, just speaking. His truth, you know, which to me I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's the truth because he speaks to an empty chamber. You know, everyone's like, doesn't want, oh, I don't want to be there if Scott's talking. Yeah. You know, he's just got this level, like, I'm just going to lower my tone. And, um, 
yeah, just speak very, very quietly and peacefully and have respect for my opponent. And um, I'm going to bring this whole system down, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate watching, like, is it C-SPAN and stuff where they broadcast some of those? It's, like, literally like a school schoolyard of just people yelling and carrying on. I, I couldn't believe, like, I thought this was, it was a joke. Yeah, it is. Like they yeah, take it, it as a joke. I'm like, Mr. Think, Speaker, these are the Mr. people. Mr. Speaker, rocking <laughs> in the background. Yeah, he, toss up. He called me a troll. The other, one. yeah, it's yeah. just like people exactly. bickering. And I'm looking at going. These are the people that are like deciding the country and yeah. how, you know, how they represent uh, you. But but hurt old white men. I'm the victim. <laughs> <laughs> we have rights. <laughs> Racial discriminate. The 18C thing. That was just like, God, really. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's bizarre watching. Like that, that's how rules are made, and that's how new policies are made. Just people bickering. Mm. But then there's like, yeah. Yeah. Are, are they? You know, like it's just. Uh, I think politicians are like yeah, they're a projection of the people, and they and reflect back to the people. You know, like and you know, like unfortunately, most people like I. I know, like, the better representation of, of, of people, not just Americans worldwide, but is, is Donald Trump. I'm like, yeah, I just, it's just, this guy's a, he's an idiot. He's not like, no, I've never met anyone as cool as Barack Obama, like, ever. You know, it's like, it's, at least it's more realistic, and we go like, oh, hang on, is this just a, is this just a TV show? Is this just like, it's like, you know, what's that new show on General 7? I saw it the other day, I can't believe it. It's like, they're playing so I'm sitting there watching people watching the shows you know like on the on the couch and I'm like oh, this is some weird inception like yeah, hall yeah. of mirrors shit going on you know definitely <laughs> like they're, they're trying to invert your version of reality where fiction is more closer to truth and truth yeah you're being peddled is pure fiction oh, man there's something like the storyline of avatar is more truth you know than some of the movies coming out you know or just like but that's our fiction apparently well i think like truth is embedded all throughout hollywood i think that is their goal you know the hollywood is to we is the cast, wand yeah cast that spell of spelling yeah where um they implant <laughs> whatever like it's the power of suggestion in a way, well, it's create an apathetic population by showing them using the, using these old archetypal, you know, like the hero's journey, just these old stories that are, you know, like come back around. This is something that you know I heard recently, or thought, or I've heard. I can't remember. But um, does history repeat, or do humans repeat history? You know, are we in a closed circuit, or is it if you take a little like, you know, like a sine wave, you know, if you if you look at it on an angle, is it doing that or is it actually doing, you know, if you look at it in a three-dimensional, mm-hmm. it's cork, it's a corkscrew, it's just spiralling. So if you look at it, it looks like a circle, but then you turn it, like the cycle of fifths, I realise with this Pythagorean interval, the, the wolf interval, perfect fifths are an interval for anyone in music. So this is my land, this is I understand things, is, is using frequency and music and things I know like power chords, you know, because Black Sabbath. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, so you find that these perfect fifth, you know, which is a very, very perfect um, harmonic interval, uh, if you add up, you know, keep stacking these fifths, um, then you get all of our notes within a, um, uh, an octave, all of the white notes, you just keep going, which creates a thing called the, the circle of fifths, you know. 
I'll get into this equal temperament thing later, maybe for another time. But because um, <laughs> if you keep stacking them in perfectly mathematical fifths and you get out, you um, by the time you get to your octave five and you C and you hit the C in the bottom note, if it was perfectly tuned, then you'd actually be out. So that to me says it's not a closed circuit. If you turn it on a side, like it's actually moved forward, you know, and that's yeah. it's all relative. So when you move up. But if you go in octaves, that's just a doubling ratio. It's just two over one. So there's like there's always this little asymmetrical like little thing, you know the you know the, mm. what are the blips on the cosmological constants? Oh, I want to know about that shit. You know, there's <laughs> a platonic solid. That's cool. We got a framework, but what are the blips? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. But um, I've always uh, been interested in even like as we we're talking about before etymology. And how the resonance of certain vowels can produce a different physical manifestation of that um, sound. Mm. So the the whole uh, like chanting thing really it really puts that in a different light. That you're when you're chanting and meditating, you are actually you know it's probably the very foundation of creation itself is through mm. these vibrations. Yeah, that, in that the beginning wrong. was the word, um, or the, as I found myself stumbling into the word of cymatics or chyma, K Y M A, mm. Greek word for wow, that wave. We were literally yeah. talking about we that were before. About mm. How? Uh, uh, oh my god, did that send me down an interconnected <laughs> rabbit hole of awesome? You know, <laughs> like finally I found something to, you know, like the, the, to me the the grand unified theory is is based in in vibration and understanding that like those four the quadrivium i mentioned before they're they're interrelated you know like geometry and and frequency you know the angles the 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 angles of singing mm. you know there's yeah. the, it's all geometry and, and and form um thought um vowels you know um you know what is it mm. where does it resonate this is um we're going to take a short break now because there's going to be a very, very <laughs> <laughs> so much to talk about. My yeah, brain is, is just exploding. Yeah. Um, See, the, the um, a Cladney's plate. Yeah, Ernst Cladney. Yeah. Was, um, I think the first thing to David Ike, and he explained about the Cladney's plate. And then as a bit later, there's that. I'm not sure if you've seen that music video where they're using vibrations within their instruments. So they've even got like a, a, a subwoofer mm. from the kick drum in front of a stream of water. And every time that kick drum hits, the water changes like it's like a the, the pattern, and even yeah. um like a tube of I don't know sure they got like gas or something in there with, like lit up with flames on the top. So every time it changes the chords, it changes like the amount of gas is going through, so it changes the size and stuff of it. Well, that's yeah. To me, like I see matter now as more of an interference pattern or a standing wave. You know, like when mm-hmm. I touch what appear, apparently is a solid thing, you just realise that I don't actually touch it. It's just repelled. You know, like if I punch it very hard, then it's going to equal an opposite reaction. You know, like I'm not standing on the ground. I feel like I'm harmonically locked to mm. you know something that is not even solid. I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm it's quantum locking almost you know like what how the fuck are birds doing that oh bees that work on resonance you know there's a there's a pitch there's a hum there's you know these levels of the biosphere as you go up mm-hmm. biosphere to the ionosphere you know they've yeah so if you look into things like the schumann cavity resonance mm-hmm. are you, is there um i might have to put a, a bunch of articles or links maybe yeah, up on totally. your page because i've got some some great i've actually 
prepped a little bit because there's just some information that I find so mind-blowing. Um, when I first saw the cymatic, you know, they're like you were saying, the, these shapes forming, mm. you know, out of sand and water and oil and, and, and uh, showing people, you know, we named a record after this, the Sound Awake and then cymatic records, you know, the carnival label that we haven't done anything with except released a couple of records, the latest ones. But um, I was just like, it's mind-blowing like the yeah. I guess my mind goes to Tesla first and I'm like well no actually just, just buy a soldering iron and fix your delay pedal first mate <laughs> <laughs> you know, bring it down Ringo but yeah. that's where my mind goes first and then I have to backtrack and go like okay you know and then I've since found you know there's things like you speak of etymology um and resonance involved in that um someone called Stan Tenen who's just studied the the Hebrew letters, um, wow. Dan Winter, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, so he's found out that these letters are essentially like uh, fractal, um, you know, like there's a there's a sentence within a word, there's a word within a letter, you know, you can break these things down infinite, infinitely, um, and they all appear to be sort of splices in a toroidal. Uh, you know, uh, there's many sort of, to, you know, toroidal spheres. Let's look up multidimensional spheres on on YouTube and like a tesseract, but mm. you know the uh, the spherical version, and you can start to see that there's uh, many ways. It's all perspective. Mm. So fra- fractals, like they never they never end, right? Mm. So you can continuously like zoom in or zoom out, and they will. You, there's a recurring pattern that essentially never ends. Yeah forever um, and that is shocking to me was it, wasn't it <laughs> Picasso or there was some painter that actually started painting in fractals okay but subconsciously in fractals like just the way like he was doing <clears throat> not like a, an actual painting of a drawing but like more just patterns and stuff by throwing paint around but in a way that <clears throat> he was actually developing these fractals that every time you go in you'd see just the same patterns built up and up. Repeating, yeah, yeah. repeating forever. Whereas yeah. that would probably wouldn't have happened if he thought about it. Yeah, exactly. It, you yeah. Know, like I, I love the, hearing Maynard from Tool mention one time, you know, because he was asked so much about, you know... Lateralis. Yeah, yeah, like black, you know, and white are all I see in my infancy, you know, from one, two, three, mm. five... Eight, thirteen, you know, like the, and I remember hearing that, just getting my nerd on Google. That's so cool. And then you know they were asked, you know, did, did you deliberately do that? You know that l- lyric in the song where you, the amount of syllables, you know, matched up to be the Fibonacci sequence for ages. They were like, nah, no, nah, it was just a, just an accident. And then later, oh yeah, we did mean that. But it was like, <laughs> and then he goes like, um, you know, I was just, I just feel silly about it because we we're trying to like you know be cool and encode that stuff that's already in there when you don't try if you get out of your own way then all of that because it has to be mm. it has to be because of our the logos we're in essentially you know apart from those blips i just mentioned you know they, they come back to these platonic solids that are just you know and that which you can find in the flower of life i saw tattooed daryl on your arm yeah. which you can see as a three-dimensional packed um nested uh, spheres, if you choose to see it like that, but with contained within that is is that's the framework for the whole universe. The framework for the universe, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can even find the the uh, cabalistic tree of life embedded within the flower of life itself. Um, so it's like a lattice of these spheres. nested nested vertices, yeah, nested geometry. Mm. And it's actually interesting that the the zygote 
so the, a fertilized female egg actually has the shape of the, the flower of life hmm. um, at its core, and then it multiplies and divides and eventually becomes life, a, a kid, a baby born into this dimension hmm. from the very, yeah. And there seems to be a lot of, you know, three, sixes and nines, um, and then there's the binary element as well, like contained within, and maybe it's different in another Logos or another, you know simulation yeah <laughs> which I'm starting to wonder if this is just uh, some big simulation nested theory. you know and then you just you throw pi in the works that doesn't really have a definitive value mm. <laughs> like yeah. a number that just doesn't end yeah yeah which is that's the stuff that I'm like interested in you know but I guess that as humans we look for repetition and, and repeatable things that's you know we we, we need that that, that safety net yeah <laughs> which is all it is you know but it, it's still um, when it comes down to observing the grand illusion which all of it including matter is then there's this there's this maths when you look, look into the, the you know vortex mathematics and hmm. all the um, you know convergent and divergent um, different ways of energy flowing around a um, a toroidal donut shaped hmm. You know, there's a, and there's a certain mass that's involved um, that's repeatable, but then maybe that's uh, that can change. You know, like you see on the cymatic videos when they're slowly winding up the frequency, these the lattice, the pattern, just it's you know, just suddenly it's just like, it's, yeah, you know, and is that happening within you know these with our ley lines and meridian lines, our dragon lines? song lines you know this this lattice that the electromagnetic you know lattice um this is where i'm starting to, i've been led into the questioning like gravity is just part of the picture and this elusive gravitron you know like well, we just think should we think about it more like resonance when i start thinking about you know like am i being held down by gravity or am i just locked here or is there like a uh you know like a it's it's all resonance I think as we start to get into dielectric the dielectric field someone like uh, Ken Wheeler is someone to look up the way he explains things the electric universe um so the the electric universe is the theory that uh gravity is not the most important factor it's actually second to the more higher factor that which is electromagnetic energy within the ether um, yeah and then there's, there's, but there's different types you know and then you get into scalar waves and, and um, it's into the, the world of Tesla and I've got to I've got to stress I'm not an expert here you know like I said I've just got my soldering iron you know <laughs> but um, you know I, when, and when I think about numbers like I'm not a mathematician as well but I look for patterns I look for resonance I look for colours and um, and you know, some people will say, well, that's just humans just see patterns in it. They make the patterns. But even that in itself to me, like, means something that, you know, because when we observe something, all of this as well that we're seeing right now, it's just a, it's projected because we it's just code out mm. there is just a series of information that it, this our brain interprets to be reality and solid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we are kind of locked to our five senses um, but even I think Tesla was very big on the idea of intuition or a super consciousness or, or like a higher level of uh, wisdom yeah. um, that science kind of hits a brick wall when they try to investigate because, because you, you simply can't 
um, put it down to logic. It's and another you, Just higher. by observing something, you change what you're trying to observe. And I've found that with, you know, back to what I know, if I've got an idea in my head, you know, for a song, I if I chase it, if I focus on it, it goes. It's like... You know, there's little spots, you know, that you see. And, you know, like, yeah, and you're like, oh, no, it's, it's running away from me. Yeah. You know, you got it. Like, that's why I'll go and do something and not pay attention. And then it's like, peaks back and then you got to hone your peripherals, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, do something physical over I'm driving or cleaning the house or something. And then I'm like, there it is. At least where I expect it, you know, because it's always in the spot where you don't think to look. Yeah. It's usually in the subconscious. Yeah. So the, the, the murky, salty waters of... The subconscious. Um, I think a lot of Western mysticism says that the subconscious is um, represented by salt, like the murky, salty seawater Sal- of your, salvation <laughs> of, of your subconscious, and and that's where uh, things like suggestion um, becomes really powerful. That's the very basis of hypnosis: is um, suggestion into the subconscious that is implanted and then you manifest that in the, the waking world mm. um, that's what hypnotism is but um, hmm. uh, yeah so that, that's really interesting that you were talking about that idea of the electric universe um, but even things like ionized salt yeah yeah like there's, there's electrical well, there's properties al- to everything there's an alchemical you know? value to everything like a positive in the sun the negative of the moon <laughs> and the tides you know this yeah uh, it's like when you start to think about yeah everything having a you know there's like a negative and a positive for even within music you know I'm just like for that I need this otherwise it that's the punchline I need that negative pull that tension yeah you know that dark and the light and um Mm. Well, that, that's essentially what <clears throat> going back to David Irons, the one he actually believed that everything was sort of predetermined. There was always, you know, the left and right, up and down, positive, negative, always having those opposites. Mm. Which is that just the illusion of duality? You know, it's mm. just a, it's just a yeah, grand, well, there's a, awesome there's illusion <laughs> of duality, yeah, the separation. Like there's much. one, and then one and one. The mm. split of the, the shadow, you know, it's like, oh, that's actually separate. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah. Mm. It appears that way. And then well, a stage um, show happens. And then... Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, there's a book called The Kabbalion, which I've read, which is like just a really old uh, book on hermeticism. But um, there's the seven principles there, and one of them is polarity. How... Uh, things that things that appear to be separate are actually simply just extremities of the same pole. So you have hot and cold, but essentially that's on the same pole as temperature. Or you have happy, sad, that's on the, the, the same pole of vibration. So the whole idea of alchemy is being able to then transmute lower vi- vibrational frequencies into higher frequencies and vice versa. Um, but that goes into that whole idea of... Um, maybe even Einstein how there, there is that um, polarity because one of the other principles in hermeticism is um, gender there's always a negative and a positive or a male and a female to every aspect of reality um, and that is required that balance is needed to hold this whole thing up yeah. you need that yeah. positive and negative um, the yin and the yang um, otherwise but you know it's weird that scientifically Maya, they, they the, kind the grand of, illusion. Yeah. They, they're kind of on the same, coming from the same angle, like the, yeah. Which is why I don't, I see. To me, there's a there's a there's a piece that can come in and um, 
you know, just an acceptance, not, you know, and I used to think of acceptance as, you know, like, no, you can't accept this bullshit, you know, mm. but there's a the good kind of acceptance where you can observe, um, you know, you sit and not react, but just act on, um, you know, from a, a way that's non-judgmental, you know. More you just, an appreciation for it? Yeah, and to try and, um, you know, because it's, and that comes down to listening, you know, because we're not going to be a multi-dimensional evolved species or whatever you want to call it unless we start listening to each other's perspective because you know like if you see the other side of this microphone i could argue with you for a long time about what it actually looks like but you know we don't we can't get the whole picture unless we yeah it could be a leprechaun on the other side of the microphone right? <laughs> yeah like who, who's to say there isn't is yes. the idea. yeah 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 i'll trust your judgment <laughs> <laughs> recorded at the hen house rehearsal studios it's the Mission Control Podcast. We are back. I want to thank you, Drew. He's coming down. Cause oh, been thanks for awesome. having us, fellas. Gosh, no. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like, this has been very, a lot of uh, knowledge has been dropped. Well, not even knowledge, but some very important questions, questions I think, yeah. have been dropped as to the, the fabric of reality. <laughs> um, we, we touched on a lot of things. I think cymatics, I'm really really interested in that um, sound and frequencies a lot of Tesla stuff um, I think people can find anywhere Um, a lot of that stuff's kind of heavily debated but there are a lot of fundamentals and things that he uncovered that were so important now like just uh, receiving information like uh, wireless technology you know even things like x-rays and things that he basically pioneered Um, but it's strange to see how much adversity he faced like just with funding from JP Morgan yeah. and stuff like that, how um, and the, the whole concept of free energy and and things like that um, that we didn't touch on, but like and what his discoveries are now used for is um, yeah truly frightening as well. I'm just like wow, you know, someone who honestly from the most real like that's what I just have so much love for, even if it is like an archetype and a story and it's been told, but there's the, the what it taps into. You know what he tapped into. If we truly knew, you know, that it, he didn't invent anything. He just rediscovered a very, very ancient understanding that the Egyptians also knew in their own way. Um, you know, of tapping into this, the cloud, the human cavity above, and and the idea of information being transmitted through the ether. Um, but yeah, you used the right word, the fundamentals, because it, it, yeah, I, know, I know what I don't know, and I, I know music, and so when you know the fundamental harmonics and partial harmonics, and sitting down with a guitar in my backyard and listening and seeing, you know, I just use the mind's eye to visualise, and that's kind of often how I'm, you know, I need a riff that or a texture that's, you know, this colour or this hazy or, you know, with this amount of dark in it and with that, you know, roughed up surface, you know. Um, and seeing the parallels between music and music theory um, and then getting out of my right logical brain and shutting it off completely because that's when the real shit happens like when I've got a guitar on I just think of the equivalent and I'm like okay well I've got the guitar I don't want to think at all just got to get out of the way you know yeah we've got everything we need you know it's just, under- well, we're just re- remembering yeah, yeah. and reactivating that, that yeah. part of us that yeah. we might need that's where we need everyone as the whole you know system to complete to become a complete functioning organism which we're definitely not yeah. at the moment 
lads. But man, hopefully there'll be a time when. I think it, everything's where it's meant to be. I'll finish with that. It's probably I think exactly, we're meant to be yeah. exactly where we're meant to be right yeah. now. Things are slowly working itself out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give another shout out to the hen house as well for having us oh, here. Oh, definitely. Thanks, yeah. Robski. Yeah. yeah, thanks. It's like returning to the Centre yeah. Crown for you, isn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> just returning. Yes, it's, we've had some great times here. Yeah, definitely. Thanks to Rob for, for the space and the hen house. And you can go to thehenhouse.com.au uh, to book a room it's amazing it's nice and clean and we're running a podcast out of it so never thought we'd be able to do that but yeah definitely thanks to Rob and thanks to you Drew for coming down thanks for having yeah, us thanks guys and uh, thanks thanks uh, for listening to me mumble yeah. lots oh, of many different topics and try and tie them together with vibration <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all, all the best as well for, for the future man I hope it, it isn't too long before we have another chat but, yeah and to yourself mate Mission Control Podcast, brought to you by Hip Flask, the socially networked gig guide made locally, available on the App Store or Google Play, free of charge. Go to hipflaskapp.com.